a recap of where we've been. Uh, the last three weeks, we have been in a series called Storytime with Jesus. And we've looked at several things. The first week, we looked at the parable of the sower and how we were called to sow seeds of love. The second week, we looked at the parable of the Good Samaritan and how we're called to show compassion for others like Christ has shown for us. Last week, we looked at the parable of the unforgiving servant, that we are called to share grace and forgiveness to those around us. This week, we're going to look at another trait that we are called to be, called to show, and we're called to be generous, or we're called to show generosity. Today will be the last of those first four of things we are called to be. The final four weeks of our series, we will look at things that we are called to do. Um, so today, uh, that's where we'll be. Let's pray, then we'll read our scripture and we'll jump in uh, real quick. Heavenly Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Today's uh, scripture lesson is found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 20. And my Bible's not on the right page. It is 8.01 in your pew Bible. And as soon as I get, here we go. I'm not sure how that happened. But anyway, let's stand in reverence of the reading of the gospel this morning. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual day's wage, he sent them into his vineyard to work. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again at noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner called the vineyard and said to his manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then beginning with the first. They thought they would... Let's back up and try this again. Verse 9, when those hired about 5 o'clock came, each of them received the usual day's wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual day's wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only an hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual day's wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Thanks be to God. That he is generous enough to just laugh at us sometimes. So let's, hopefully things will be a little smoother. Um, we finally got ourselves a story where Jesus is not directly answering a question. But if you'll go back and look in verse 19, he is indirectly answering some questions. The first question that he's asked is, how do I receive eternal life? And this rich man asks, 
And Jesus says, well, do these things. And he says, well, I've done all those things. He says, well, then sell all you own and give it to the poor. And it says that the man left grieving because he couldn't do it. And Jesus makes this famous statement that it is you know, harder for the camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. And this bothers the disciples. And of course, Peter, being Peter, says, Whoa, but, but Lord, we've left everything we have. We've left our family. What about us? And Jesus makes that famous statement that the last will be first and the first will be last. Is Jesus taking a shot at the Pharisees here, uh, rewarding the sinners? Is he trying to remind the disciples to stay humble and continue doing, not worrying about the reward? Or is he kind of foreshadowing that the Jews, those that should have accepted the word of God first, were rejecting him while the Gentiles would later receive it with joy? It really doesn't matter, but it leads us to this new parable that we're looking at today. It's a very familiar parable. I don't know about for you, but for me it's a very frustrating and seems a little bit unfair parable. But see, the story as we read it is unfair by our standards today. But we're not just reading a story. Jesus is telling us a parable. So today I want to look at uh, the two groups. We're going to look at generosity and these two groups. And then we're going to ask some questions and we're just going to move on. Real quick and kind of short. I hope. Stacy's got me on the clock. We have the first group who went out and worked all day long, and then each group that comes after them works a little bit less. Anybody ever been that person before where you're out there working, and then somebody shows up right at the end to help, and then, man, y'all did a good job. Yeah, we did. And you, We did? You've been here. I know a certain person that helped put in the last board of a floor in our first home, and then took credit for how great the floor looked. I won't say that her husband was slaving over that floor for days. But this happens in our lives, even still today. People online are going to be wondering what in the world we're doing today. <laughs> but the owner asked an interesting question. He says, are you envious because I am generous? So what is generosity? Generosity is showing a readiness to give more of something as money or time than is strictly necessary or expected. It's showing extreme kindness to others. I think we would all agree that generosity is a good thing, but if we were the group hired first, if we were the ones out in the heat all day, we would see generosity as unfair. Jesus is using this to paint an important picture. This isn't about the unfairness of getting paid the same. Think about it. So the landowner could have paid those hired first, sent them home, and he, nobody would have known what the others got paid. So Jesus is trying to prove a point by paying the last first. It's frustrating feeling when you have done more than other people and then everybody gets the same thing. I used to not like doing group work because that's how it worked in the classroom. One person would do all the work. Some of y'all can remember. I see you nodding because you were the person that did all the work in your group. And then you had the one lazy person that got the same grade. And there's a couple of us back there sinking down because we were the lazy person. So some of you were with me on that. I want to think just real quick about the people hired first. Think about how excited they were when the person that got hired last got paid. 
They're about to cash in on some overtime. They're about to cash in on a bonus. And he paid them the same. Man, we work longer. We're going to be... <coughs> we're going to get paid extra. And then they don't. So they have a right to be mad, in my opinion. What about the group hired last? Think about how excited they were. See, this was often missed, I think. He asked, why are you standing here idle? Never thought about why they were standing there. They were standing there because nobody hired them. Not because they didn't want to work. Not because they couldn't work. But because they were not hired. Our same landowner overlooks them four times before he finally sees there's nobody left and he sends them to the field. So here it is, 5 o'clock. You're about to have to, these men are about to have to go home and tell their families, their wives, they didn't make any money. And this man comes by and says, go work and I'll pay you what is fair. Can you imagine how hard they must have worked when they got there? Knowing that, man, he's probably paying attention to what we're doing. If I work really hard, he might pay me a little bit more because I know I'm not going to get a whole day's pay. Their fresh legs probably, you know, came in and overshadowed those that had been there all day. And then when they get paid, can you imagine how thankful they were for this landowner? A whole day's pay, and they worked one hour. They almost went home with nothing. They almost went home to their families with nothing. No money to provide for food. No money to provide for security or for any other needs that they might have. I think there's something we can learn from that. Too many times as Christians, as organized bodies of Christ, we get lost in things we have done for so long. And then in comes somebody new to the faith, re-energized with this, this passion, this excitement of what Christ has done for them. And to, sometimes we let our fire get put out a little bit. We get burned out from all the meetings and all the things and, and, and having to come do this and do that. And then in comes somebody new, somebody fresh, somebody who almost went home with nothing. And they're so excited about what Christ has done that they had this new fire. Now you can respond to that in a couple different ways. You can be like the first group and you can be angry. Well, look, they're just coming in trying to mess up how we do things and, and they're just going to, man, that's not good and blah, blah, blah. Or you can let that, that, that what's on fire relight the candles. Couldn't get Logan's candle lit this morning. So we use Lily's fire to light Logan's. Is that not how our lives should be for other people? The fire within us for Christ should light the flames and other people. So I want to take a look at a couple questions today. I think these questions will point us to what Jesus wants us to hear. The points he's trying to make. Was the landowner not technically generous to everyone? He paid them all a full day's pay. Even those that were hired first and worked from 6 o'clock to 6 o'clock, they worked 12 hours, they were still paid what was considered a very generous pay. That was very generous in the day for the landowner to pay these servants a, de a denarius. That was a good pay. Now the last, obviously, that was more. And even though it's, it's real easy to see how unfair this is, each person was shown some type of generosity. And our lives are the same as Christians. Has God not shown all of us some level of generosity through our lives? 
Some maybe more than others. Sometimes maybe we feel like God forgot to give us our daily pay because we're going through tough times. And do we not remember that the sacrifice of Jesus was generous enough to pull any and everybody from their past and give them the same reward that those that have believed forever will get? Do we not believe as a church that God can continue to go back and forgive others of their sins and draw them closer to Him? We believe it and we say it, but do we believe that God can really reach anybody? It's real easy in our society today to, to judge people and to, man, man, God can't do a whole lot with them. But that's not the case at all. Was, question number two, was anyone who wanted to work left out? All the men that showed up at the corner that day, hoping somebody would pick them to work, got to work. They didn't all go at the same time, but everyone in the parable that wanted to work was hired. Do we not believe that any and everyone that calls in the name of Jesus repents of their sins and believes will be included in the kingdom of heaven? If we believe that, are we living that in our lives? Are we living that as a church? where any and everybody is welcome to come join and worship with us regardless of their past, their present situations. Jesus didn't just come by and hire the first group. He continues to come back through the Holy Spirit, saving people, saving people, saving people. And thank God for some of us that needed a little bit longer and missed the first couple of times getting hired so that we could still be there at the end of the day for Christ to come by and show us the same generosity. Was anyone that went to work, question number three, not paid? They were all paid. Again, it might have been unfair, but we know the answer, everyone was paid. Will we all not receive the same payment of eternal life in heaven if we've accepted Jesus Christ? Everybody knows John 3.16. Say it, say it with me this morning. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever. Our translation that we read from in the, in the pew says everyone. Some other scriptures say all that call on the name. And too often we get in the way of that. Because we have to make sure things fit our, our mold. It doesn't say the person with the most ties or the most skills or the most ability. It doesn't say the person that has had the longest membership. It doesn't say the person that does the most volunteer hours. It says everyone, whosoever, calls on the name of the Lord. You may have spent your whole life working in God's fields. And I'm thankful for people like that in each and every church. You've got to have people like that. But we cannot lose sight that anyone, no matter what they're doing or what they've done, can be humbled and brought to Jesus. So here's the magic question. I know some of you may be thinking, this is probably what I would have thought if I was there. Then why work all day? Then why work in the fields if the person hired last is going to get paid the same? Why not just stay at home till lunchtime, sneak out to the marketplace, and wait at 5 o'clock to get hired? Because we've been shown so much love, so much grace, and so much generosity that we should want to work in the fields for our Savior. We should want to. 
It should be a fire inside of us that you cannot contain. James goes on to say that without works, faith is dead. And too many times I think that's where we end up. We end up with this, this large amount of what we would call faith. This large amount of knowledge. But scripture tells us that if you're not using that knowledge, you're not using that faith to work in the fields of Jesus Christ, your faith is dead. And we've got too many churches that are dying because they're not doing anything. They gather and they say, we have great faith. You've heard that about this church a time or two, I'm sure. But the good news is this, we're doing stuff. And see, Jesus Christ is the head of this church. And if he dies, he comes back to life. So this church, is not, this church cannot die because of what Jesus Christ has done and because we have people who are willing to serve, willing to give their time. Now we need to join together and continue to do more of that as a body of Christ. So let's finish up. Where does this leave us as a body of Christ here at Emmanuel? When we join the Methodist Church, when you join a local congregation, we pledge our gifts, our service, our presence, our prayers, and our witness. So my question today is how generous are you? How generous are you? I'm not talking about money amount. I'm talking about all five categories. I'm talking about the whole package. If we as individuals and if we as the body of Christ here want to be like God, we have to give. God gave His only Son. So the more that we give of ourselves, the more we become like God and the more others get to see God. We can all do something. We're not called to do the same amount. We're not called to do the same amount. Some have been doing things longer. Some of you are wondering, how can I help get involved? But man, I might not be good enough. You are good enough. And we'll find somewhere to plug you in. As we start meeting for Charge Conference, that's the goal of this nominating committee, is to find people, to find their strengths, even if they see it as a minor strength, and to plug them in so that they can be a part of the body of Christ here. Let's take a look at some specific examples. How can you give to this church? Because I know I've he I hear it all the time. Well, I, you don't understand. Uh, things are hard. Things. Here's a list. And I think everybody, if you're honest with yourself, can put yourself in a couple of them. Easiest one. Be here. Be here. You're generous of your presence when you are here. And I know there's times that you're tired and, man, it's just hard to get up on Sunday. But how many times have you slept in on Sunday and you might feel better for Sunday, but you're tired again by Tuesday? You're tired again by Tuesday. We have to come and get re-energized and recharged. Invite others. Darla has placed some of these back in the back. You can take them when you leave. It tells a little bit about our church. And it's a simple way to invite others. If you live in a neighborhood, Put them in the newspaper box, mailbox, whatever you're allowed to do. We have a post office, so I don't know. Just put them somewhere, okay? Put them on the, their, your neighbor's car if you know them well enough, okay? I'll probably, somebody took my cell phone number off, praise Jesus, because some of y'all might make your neighbors mad. See, now we can put them anywhere you want to, okay? So they can't call and complain. That's awesome. Um, you got to make visitors feel welcome when they're here. 
See, that's being generous with our witness. Because when a visitor comes into church, they're uncomfortable. If you've ever been the visitor, you know. For four or five weeks, me and my family have been the visitor. And y'all have done an outstanding job. And I've heard this from some of my friends that have came, of being overwhelmed with friendliness by the people of this church. We've got to keep doing those things. That, that, that's, that's a great place that we are. We have to support each other in times of need. And I saw that firsthand this week. When we're in times of need as a, as a church family, you are generous with your service and your witness. When you show up to pray with a family, when you take a meal to a grieving family, when you showed up and this place was slim full and people were having to stand to honor the life of Bobby this week. Those are some amazing things that we're already doing. Pray for this church. Pray for our church. Every day, pray for our church. You're being faithful and very generous in your prayers. Tithing, giving, if you have the ability to do so, anything. We all know the story of the lady that gave her last coin. But see, we get lost in that, and I can't give what I want to give. What am I going to do? You're going to volunteer. You're going to come help. And that's the best service that you could do. There's all kind of things going on right now. If you can sing in the choir, now if you can't sing, let's, we'll find somewhere other than the choir. Okay? Well, I'm just, we'll find somewhere else for you. But Sunday school, okay? The nursery, we need people to sign up for those things to help so that the burden isn't placed on one group all the time. So that we can share in serving our Lord together. It's very humbling this week. There's four or five guys I could call by name, but when I pull up and I get out of my truck and it's all fogged up because the air condition's on and it's a million degrees outside, and we've got men from our church out here cutting the grass. They're not complaining. They're beet red and dripping sweat, and I try to find something cold for them to drink as much as I can. But they're giving of themselves to this church. And people see that when they drive by. People see that when they come here and they say, wow, the place looks good. It's because we have people that care about this church. You don't have to hit a quota. You don't have to reach a mark to be good enough. All you got to do is have a humble heart. Life isn't fair. And I personally thank God that life is not fair. This is how I want to end today. The kingdom of God is not about getting what you deserve. See, that's called mercy. The kingdom of God is about getting what you don't deserve. And that's called grace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.